Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are there out there in the business. Because brokerage sales really is a team effort, and as I always say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property, purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing property, or researching an opportunity, or even just looking to build a career in real estate, it's, it's really important to get a peek into what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table. So in this episode, we're going to look into the lending process a critical factor in almost any transaction, even if you're an all-cash buyer. You have to know what the lending market thinks, and more broadly, what factors you need to think about on a macro level, even when you're just focusing on the small semantics of your particular deal. So as ever, I'll be looking at the process through the, lin- through the lens of wealth building in real estate, but this applies to all of you out there, whether you're buying your first home or investing in real estate. But most importantly, I really believe that it comes down to investing in relationships and trust and working with people that you like and and can really hang out with. So my guest is a perfect example of that. I'd love to hang out with him. He's a good friend. He's a wonderful man who I've had the pleasure of transacting with for many years. Many years. Many years. (laughs) Not only is he incredibly experienced in his field, but he's also very clear very straight, very direct. He wants to empower his clients through his knowledge, and he is incredibly focused on the minutiae of the deal. He's also a Kiwi, and so he's a thoroughly good bloke. Mr. Graham Wong, Vice President with Mortgage Capital Partners. Graham, welcome. Thank you, Luke. Well, you know, we could talk rugby for hours, but we could talk. We should talk about uh, lending today. Exactly. So, so let's talk about lending. How? What? What got you into this business? Well, first of all, I've been a numbers guy all my life, um, and the total intrigue with the whole real estate market and how it all comes together, at the end of the day, is all about the numbers, from my standpoint. Uh, embarrassing as it may seem, many of my clients, I meet them for the first time, they have no idea. They have no idea how much they make, they have no idea how they're going to make the payments, they have no idea how much the payments will even be. So... Why and how they get in the business, my intrigue with numbers, and secondly, how that interacts with the real estate market here in Southern California. Awesome. So where are you now? What, what company are you with? Mortgage Capital Partners, basically a boutique direct lender. Uh, we have something like 60 in-house employees with the support staff, underwriters, processors, uh, secondary market people. Uh, and we feed into just over 80 loan officers. Wow. So it's a big organization? It's a big organization. Boutique's the wrong choice of the word. More the fact that we work specifically with professionals from relationships, real estate agents, uh, bank managers, accountants, lawyers, people who are professionals in their field and understand that buying a piece of real estate is not just a big guessing game. Right. Gotcha. So how long have you been in the business? 22 years. You asked me that before, and I kind of wondered how many it was. So I added a little count. 22 years, Luke. Wow. So, so Came out of the garment business. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Where? Here in LA? or uh, In New Zealand and New Zealand. here. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
Well, 22 years is a, is a long time in the real estate world because, as we know, like things go through cycles, right? So, so you've been in that 22 years, you've seen the ups and the downs and the, the and boom the, and the bust. And the mortgage meltdown. Yeah. Uh, which, for the most part, we all knew was happening, not in our business uh, or our segment because the type of people we work with, but what the banks were offering basically led to the mortgage meltdown. So that's one huge cycle that caused mm-hmm. a, a road bump all around the world. Wow. We're over it. Lending has become significantly different since. Right. So through those cycles, are there any, like the trend seems to just continue to go up, generally speaking, for real estate, right? So aside from the, the down cycles, it, it yes. continues, the, the, the trajectory Major metropolitan, absolutely. continues to go up. So around the world. What other um, constants are there that stand out for you throughout all the cycles? What would you say are the, the thing, the consistent things that you can count on? in the real estate lending business, do you think? Well, what we're seeing and what we experience every day of the week and have done for the last 22 years is that if it's major metropolitan USA or as we see around the world, that that is where the employment is, that's where the young people are going, that's where the drift is from other states, Mm -hmm. other countries, that there's just a mass shortage of, of homes. Right. And if you have a shortage of homes... The essence is for the people who are going to buy, whether they're in the investment market or they're going to live in the property, they bottom line need to know how they can get in financially. Do they have enough money to put up front? Do they have the income to support the loan if if they're going to lend money? Um, And are they prepared for that commitment? It's a huge commitment. I mean, it's two inches, two inches of paperwork that you have to sit down and sign and agree to. Right. But that's the end product. The start product is... At the very beginning, understanding where you're going with all of this. So, leads me really to my next question. So, so I mean, bricks and mortar, a tangible asset like real estate is obviously a, a huge factor for, for building wealth. But, but ironically, it's also the, it's also where we live. Correct. It's also the roof to... over our head. Right. It's where we sleep at night. So, it's obviously the the single most important investment you're ever likely to make. But, but. People don't look at it in that way all the time, do they? They get very emotional about the process. And so your job, it sounds like, is to kind of bring them back down to right. the kind of the, the Throughout the, the years, Luke, many, many centuries, people have to live somewhere. Right. The modern man and woman now have to live in a home or a house or a condo or an apartment, whatever you may call it. They don't live, we don't live in a tree hut anymore. Mm-hmm. The reality is that the needs for the family, whether it's just two of them or one of them or a half a dozen kids, is to have a house or a roof over their heads in a neighbourhood that works for them from an employment standpoint, works for them from an educational standpoint. So it's not maybe the most important investment they'll ever make. It's the most important the investment. Most important, yeah. and, and years and years of experience have shown everybody that... Buying and owning your home is the right thing. And what we're seeing for those who have developed and created a lot of wealth, they're typically real estate people. Mm-hmm. People that you and I know in this community who have got a lot of family wealth or a lot of new wealth um, typically have made it through real estate. Absolutely. So and, and, and everyone thinks it's the tech industry. It's not just the tech industry. That's right. And, and, and as, I've, as I've been... Um, 
as I said very often, you know, on this on this podcast, but also just in, in general through my business, is that, is that, you know, real estate really needs to be part of any balanced portfolio. And like you said, you know, those successful folk out there, there's always a real estate element right. in there. It's um, not a, it's, you know, you're not going to kick a goal tomorrow and make a lot of money. But if you're in for the long haul or the mm-hmm. medium haul, absolutely it has to be part of the overall portfolio Typically for most people today, it's the initial part of their portfolio, mm-hmm. and it can grow through borrowing money, using the bank's money to grow, leveraging, at the, yeah. well, leveraging into it. And at the same time, uh, the equity growth will come over the time, major metropolitan cities throughout the world. No right. question. So there's a big picture. Brilliant to touch, touch on the, the sort of the big macro vision. But, but now let's, let's get into the, the nitty gritty. So walk me through if you will, like a, a typical loan process for like a first-time buyer. So, so they've saved some money for the down payment, they've got a good job, they're ready to settle down. Like, what do you tell them in your first meeting with them? They, they, they're talking to a bunch of lenders and they want to get on the path to home ownership. The, the what do you tell them? The first thing for them to understand right. is their financial housekeeping. Okay. Today, we have people who are so focused on other things that they're not taking care of how they write their checks, when they write their checks, they're not making their credit card payments on time. All of that, all of that housekeeping is so important because at the end of the day, when you involve me as your lender, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about your seasoned funds. We're going to talk about your FICO credit scores. We're going to talk about where your money is invested. For argument's sake, you may have decided you want to invest all your money, may only be a couple of thousand dollars, might be a couple of hundred thousand dollars, and you've got it in gold bars. Mm-hmm. Well, gold bars is not something that we can verify overnight. But if you happen to have the money in an institutional account, whether it's an investment account, mm-hmm. or whether it's a savings account, or even a checking account, that's verifiable funds. So I'm talking about financial housekeeping. Understand that we as your lender have to verify your financial situation. Got it. So it's, it's, it's like you're, you're preparing them, you're, you're helping them plan. It, it's almost like you're, you're a coach. Absolutely. So it's, it's and, like you're and coaching them. Well, you know that I spend a lot of time coaching a lot of soccer. Well, there you go. That's what I was going to say. So an absolute so, parallel. So, absolute so, parallel. So you're a coach. You're, on the, you're out there teaching soccer to folk, coaching soccer. So... so like, tell me about some of those parallels, because I'm interested in that, because I think that, that this is going to speak to a lot of folk out there who maybe don't understand your industry, they, they don't understand my industry, they're new to investing in real estate, or they're new to buying a home, but they could relate to maybe what you experience on the field right. as a coach. So tell us more about well, some of those parallels. Coaching, in the coaching cycle, we talk about the technical, the tactical, and the fitness, the three key elements of your team. Technical, tactical, and fitness. No different in the lending process. Technically, you've got to know and understand the lending process. If you don't, or sorry, not you, but if the the buyer doesn't understand the lending process, there may be potholes they're going to fall into. For argument's sake, you don't understand that you need to keep your credit intact throughout the lending process. Going out and, and borrowing money to buy a new car right in the middle of this transaction, is enough to kill the deal. Wow. 
Okay. So it's just like it's 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 little bits of gold like that where you can really explain. So, so it's not just a rule that they have to follow; they have to understand. They have to understand why, why, and there. why there are potholes and how they how they're avoided. Got it. Got the it. the tactical side about it is understanding what kind of loan program works for you: short term loan programs, adjustable rate mortgages, or long term or the time of the year you're going to buy, right. the tax impacts, and all that. So that's, that's the, ta- that's the, the tactical, tactical side of it. Okay, got it. And, of course, the fitness is mm-hmm. what we talked about before, is knowing your, having your financial housekeeping in order. Are you fit enough to do this? Is your job, you know, is your job, well, go the other way. If you're self-employed, mm-hmm. I mean, are you paying yourself enough from your business that would qualify you for a mortgage? Right. So, again, the technical, tactical, and fitness elements in coaching, exact parallel in the lending business. Perfect. Like, like um, the expressions that I love is, uh, proper plotting and planning prevents piss-poor performance. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, a lot of similarities in the world of sports, competing, obviously, in this very competitive market. So, so not, not on the soccer field anymore, but now in, in, in your business. What is it going to be that gives your clients the competitive edge? Like, what, what do they need? What's that extra dynamic that they need so that they can prevail over the competition? Step back for a moment, for a moment and understand the lending industry. It is so regimented. It is so black and white. And trying to fit that square peg into a round hole doesn't work. So what you need, you need a lender like me at the front end to spend a month, two months, six months, whatever it takes to, shall we just say, shave off those, those corners so that we do have somewhat like a round peg to go into that round hole. And it could be such things as seasoned funds. Mm-hmm. A lot of buyers today are bringing family money to the table. Mm-hmm. The way you handle that family money is critical because if it's handled incorrectly, again, it could torpedo the deal at the wow. 11th hour. Because, again, the lending underwriters have guidelines and they don't have any variance. It either fits or it doesn't fit. Gotcha. That's awesome. So, listen, we, we've, we, let's switch gears for a second. So we talked about like the, the, so some of the specific things that your, that your clients need to do to get ready but now let's talk about more, like, let's step back and, and talk more broadly about, about the market. One of the things that I really like about what, what you do for your, for your colleagues and your friends and your clients is that you send out these great market updates. Um, let me read the, the latest ones. So, <clears throat> consumer inflation, I can't do it in the Kiwi accent, so forgive me. Maybe you should read it. Why no, you no, read no, it? you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so consumer inflation was less threatening in February, according to the recent CPI data. If inflation rises too quickly, mortgage rates could follow. Concerns over import tariffs and possible trade wars continue to plague the markets and could cool the economy. This could help keep rates from rising. The Fed is expected to raise policy rates at next week's meeting. The change has already been priced into mortgage rates and likely won't have a further impact. A recent survey shows baby boomers want high-speed internet and to live near grocery stores and hospitals. Over 90% said that they plan to stay in their own home. Another poll found more than 70% of homeowners in their home for 10 plus years aren't moving because they like their home. Another 21% don't want the hassle of a move. The NAR found that 40% of potential millennial home buyers would start their property search online, while 15% said they would call an agent first. So, 
boy, there's a lot of information there, and we could spend, frankly, we could spend a whole other hour just like unpacking that that one email. But uh, come on, Graham, it's it's this is confusing for people. I mean, there's a lot of information there, so just make it simple. Like like, there's so many different loan types, there's different interest right. rates, there's different programs for a buyer, whether they're newbies or even if they're super sophisticated. How do you help them make decisions? Because we have to make decisions quickly, right? Time kills right. deals. So what do you do to make sure that they are nimble and can move fast? Despite what this market update says, I know the facts and figures and I understand it. And most people do go online to do their initial investigation. That can, if, you stay, if they stay on that track, can often be a hurdle for them mm-hmm. because... They really, if they really are serious, they need to reach out to the professionals in their fields to get real advice. In the mortgage business, they call it bait and switch. You know, you're reading, I'm reading, everybody's reading, oh, 2.5%. So they're online, they see 2.5%, and all of a sudden they're clicking through this and they believe it. Right. But they're not reading the fine print. They're not understanding the, the offer that has been made. Right. What it's called is bait and switch. You're attracted by the two and a half, and then when you look at the caveats in the fine print, it's actually 5%. Right. My point here is uh, dealing with a real professional lender, someone who has been in the business, knows the ins and outs, knows exactly who you are. You've got to give your soul to your lender mm-hmm. because the more they know, the more they're going to be able to help you and position your file accordingly. So, well, so really, I mean, it boils down to real trust because what you're saying is, is look, you can go out there and you can find all this information, but, but truly you need to work with someone who you trust that, that, that knows what, that can guide you in the right direction, but knows based on our long conversations and all the homework that we've done together, that right. knows what the best product is right. for you. So you don't get caught in the weeds Absolutely. It's not like paralysis by analysis. You can actually like... No, no, no. come on. We, we go online, we click, 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 and <clears throat> all of a sudden we've got a pre-approval letter. Right. But did the computer have a look at your tax returns and see that you have some issues? Might right. be at alimony or it might be a couple of car payments that you didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're running around now with a pre-approval letter that says a million dollars, but in fact, once you get into the actual paperwork, you're most probably only approved for, pre-approved for a five hundred thousand dollar loan. Right. So you take that pre-approval letter, you take it down to your local real estate agent, and you say, "I'm pre-approved for a million dollars." You get into the process, and bingo, you fall out. Right. Right. So you yeah, you spin your wheels, and you spend a lot of money doing it. You've already paid for an appraisal. You've paid for this. You know, this and again, test it wastes time. And, wasting time. And time kills deals. And now so. you have a the really the wrong image of how it goes. Right. Reach out to a professional. If you don't have a professional lender, ask your accountant, ask your attorney, ask your real estate agent. Right. Um, they work with professionals. They know the difference between, shall we say, a loan officer and a professional lender. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a crazy time out there right now. Crazy. Um, Crazy, uh, well, you know, crazy in Southern California in particular that there's a lack of inventory. Yeah. There is the perception and actuality of interest rates going up. Mm-hmm. So people are saying, I've got to get in before interest rates climb right. more. Right. We do project from an industry standpoint that with the roller coaster ride we're having in uh, 2018 in Wall Street, that it is causing the interest rates to go up. Yep. 
And of course, we've all picked for the last 10 years, interest rates are going up. So kind of crazy, low inventory, perception of interest rates going up. Um, this winter has been a busy winter. Normally, winters are not that, um, not that, not as busy, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of clients who have been in multiple bidding wars, multiple bidding wars. And I'm not talking about two people bidding for the same property. I'm talking about five or six people. Wow. And, and I mean, it, one of the things that, that always gives the market the jitters and everything is, is uncertainty. And so, so there, there is a lot of uncertainty. But, but then, ironically, it's still a very bullish, kind of frothy market. Like, pricing is still crazy high. And, and so, I mean, are we, are we looking at, like, are we looking at, is this a new normal? Or is this kind of, are we looking at a bit of a bubble? Or, and is that, a, is that an opportunity? No, I think that the global market tells us that major metropolitan markets are going up. Right. Because the population drift towards major, whether it's, whether it's Auckland in New Zealand, whether it's London in England, you know, whether it's New York, whether it's uh, you know, San Diego, there's no question that major metropolitan cities have already maxed their, their parameters of growth, mm-hmm. that they can't grow any bigger. Right. Uh, regentification is a new word we use in the in the real estate industry because older homes have been bought, they've been flipped, they've been bought, they've been lived in, and so that's all going. Bottom line: not enough housing units in major metropolitan cities. Gotcha. Crazy. So, all right. So now let's do something a little fun. So let's 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 call it the sublime to the ridiculous. Okay. So. <laughs> He wants to talk about rugby. Yeah, let's let's talk about let's talk about the sublime. Let's talk about before we get onto that. Let's let's so so tell me like give me an example. Don't have to use names or time frames or whatever, but just give me the the general essence of, of for you what was like one of the easiest, smoothest, stress free, simple transactions you've uh, you can recollect. What, like what was it that made it so simple? The simple transaction, well, there's no simple transaction, but the simplest of the transactions are the ones who I have worked with for months, that they are absolutely paranoid about getting absolutely everything lined up before they called the real estate agent. They wanted to know exactly how much the payments were going to be, how much they would qualify for. They just needed to know everything. If they know everything, it allows me to prep them to coach them so they understand the lending environment before they jump into the swimming pool. So you kind of answered the question, really. So, so like, the, what if there was one thing that they did to make it that seamless, what would it be? Like my championship soccer team, Luke, preparation is the essence of success. Preparation. Okay, good. So, so all right, so... Now let's go to the ridiculous, right? The the worst deal, like like, and again, you know, for to protect someone's embarrassment, like let's not mention names, but like, tell me about the most lumpy experience you've had, like the 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 hardest, the most challenging, and the most difficult deal. What what kind of happened in that situation? Why do you think that happened? Well, the exact opposite of the preparation. Um, we won't use names, but this uh, lovely couple called me on Monday morning, said. Uh, you've been referred to us, uh, blah, 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 and we have made an offer yesterday, Sunday, and we need to close in 30 days. And I said, fantastic, it would be my honour to work with you. And so here's the list of documentation I need for the lending process. And they said, oh, you need, what do you need? We've got it all here, what do you need? And I said, tax returns, bank statement. Oh, tax return. We haven't done, we don't, haven't done a tax return for two years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So that all of a sudden, <clears throat> that slows everything down. 
Now, are there programs for people who don't have tax returns? Yes, there are, but it's going to take weeks for us to prep, prep that. But file. essentially, they could have been perfect buyers. I mean, they could have been, but but they didn't prepare. So, well, had they prepared, then it would have been a completely different story. Absolutely. Well, they ultimately <clears throat> moved on. They moved out of that deal. They did move on to another deal. They're now prepared, and things went smoothly. The reality again was they didn't have their paperwork ready. They they happened to be self-employed, right. so they didn't know how much money they were making. They just kind of felt right about that house. It was, wow, wow let's buy that place, and then oh, can we make this fit into our financial life? So the, the, the square peg in the round hole analogy again. again there, no question about it. Preparation. Preparation. There are plenty of nightmare deals out there, Luke, but for the most part, the conscientious person gets prepared, talks up, opens up, when they go to make the offer, it closes. Closes and it closes on time. Awesome. Awesome. So some great gold in there, Graham. <clears throat> now, finally, let's talk about the big elephant in the room. The most important thing to you is rugby. <laughs> is that fair to say? You're a big rugby well, I'm man. In the, I'm in the room with a Brit. I mean, so come listen, on. Now, for a lot of listeners out there, this is probably a sport that they really don't know much about. And, and, and from the outside, if you've ever caught it on TV over here in America, it just looks like a bunch of huge dudes ripping shreds out of each other. But as you, as a Kiwi and me as a Brit, we know that it's it's much more than that. So so tell me, like, give a, give us a sense of... It looks like a fist fight, but actually it's very, very subtle and very... Most, probably the most physical bull sport there is out there. 15 guys on the field going 80 minutes non-stop, no pads. By the way, if you get hurt, they're still playing. They're not stopping for you. Right. The paramedics come out, patch you up and you know put a bandage around you and you're back out on the field. No, it's a game of um, a lot of contact. A lot of handling the ball, so it's a lot of uh, handwork, a lot of feet. Um, just, but it's a lot of finesse, right? I mean, that's the thing is is that is that my, my wife, who's like a, a rugby fanatic, and she's very very talented at, at, at knowing the sport, and, and she's always sort of explained that it's it's just so organised and right. there's rules for everything, and so even though it looks like they're being pounded on the right. pitch, they're not actually being as hurt as you would have, let's say, in American football, where the impact right. of the helmets is so much harder. Like, it's very tactical. It's very, very tactical, very fast moving. The modern game's a whole new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's most probably the most um, conscientious sport about concussion because should you tackle from a, the shoulders or above, that's actually a foul. Wow. So whilst there's a lot of contact, they are protecting the players through the laws of the game. So whilst they're in the bottom of a scrum or a ruck and basically kicking each other to hell... Um, they are the referee is protecting them through some very unique laws. So it's very interesting because again the sports analogy, which is great, and I'm such a so pleased that you're such a fan of, of, of that that world, is that is that it's a perfect example of how everything has to move in unison. It's a team effort. It's a collaborative effort. There's there's rules within the chaos. So if you look from the outside, you don't understand it. It can well, look yeah, crazy. But look, it's but just the, like when you and I do a transaction together. We, well, right. we get on well. Mm-hmm. We understand the same the same business rules and regulations, we maintain the same ethics, and we're open, and at the end of the day, we want to win the game, or we want to close the transaction. And whenever we have to call someone else to the table, we always call the best professionals to the table. Why? Because we know it's going to guarantee closing the deal. Same as in a game of rugby. You're 
You know, you can't be what you call a first 5'8 and have some clown being your second 5'8 because when you're running at full speed, you need to know the man outside you is also running at full speed, one step behind you ready to pick up the ball. Right, perfect. Love it. So are there any elements in the game of rugby that, that, that you actually would say you apply to your personal life every day? Well, rugby today is truly about their off-season. Their off-season is what are they doing? They're preparing. They're in the gym. They're on the track. They're, they're, you know, they're in the classroom. So that's the very preparation that makes these championship teams like the All Blacks and, yeah. and, of course, the English team, the Irish and the Scottish. What makes them so good now, they're 12 months on the game Six months of that is all about the preparation for the six months of playing the game. I'm hearing a lot of the word preparation. Preparation, you know, Luke. I, as, as you know, as you know, I'm I'm kind of involved in the mountain world a bit and have done some great hiking. And, and, and we say in the mountain world that you have to be mountain ready. So you absolutely. have to be like at the drop of a hat. You have to be ready to like be up there on the mountains. So, so you have to be lender ready. You, you have, have to have right. gone through the lending steps right. before you talk to Luke. You need to know that you are truly pre-approved that the complete analysis is done, and that you know as the borrower or the buyer that you know your options, that if this happens, you can go to this option. If this happens, you can go to the other option. Great. Being prepared. Great. Being prepared. So you've hit upon that a bunch of times. I'm going to like give you a bit of a challenge now. Tell me something else. Give me one other thing that if you could sit in a room with your clients right now and tell them one thing apart from preparing, that they need to do to help them succeed? What is that one thing? Tell me all about yourself. The more I know about you as the borrower, the more I can understand what your good options may be. And my job is to show the borrower their options. But if I don't know who you are, if you're guarded and you, and you really don't tell me the fact that you're most probably going to buy this place and sell it within seven years, well, then I can't guide you into what might be a good mortgage option for you. But if you tell me exactly who you are, what you do, what you like, then I can be of way more assistance to you. Brilliant. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Graham. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down today with us on the Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the Real Estate My Expert. pleasure. Thank Absolutely. You so much. Good to see you. Thanks.